Hello and welcome to Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. The Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast is where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ed Troxel, aka the guy who makes business and technology stupid easy for you. Whether you already have a business or are thinking about starting one, you are in the right place. Grab a pen, grab some paper, and get ready to take notes because you're about to get an inside look at the real conversations entrepreneurs are having. (laughs) Quick shout out to our sponsor, stupideasy.com. Stupideasy.com is a new online course platform where you can easily upload and sell your online courses without having to be tech savvy and without them taking a cut of your sales. Discover more at stupideasy.com and we'll have a link in the show notes for you. I just want to get a little bit better insight of who you are and what you do. That's like the million dollar question, right? Yes. Um, so I am a married mama of two. That is like the, the core of who I am. But what I do is I am a business sales and success coach helping uh, female entrepreneurs mostly um, sell with more ease and less sleaze so that they can make the money and the impact that they deserve and actually live the life of freedom and flexibility that they, that they want and they desire. Um, so everything from pricing, like a lot of the discussions that you and I have had, but you know, crafting offers, being able to sell authentically, being able to um, ask for money and not feel guilty or icky or sleazy or weird to be able to do what you love yeah. and still like live the lifestyle that you are meant to live. We are not meant to live in scarcity and in poverty and to suffer. I honestly believe that we were all um, gifted with unique skills and it's my role as a coach, a mentor, a consultant to help um, help my clients to be able to own that and not feel guilty or shameful about any of that and to really be able to deliver it in a way that feels good and it feels easy because a lot of times my clients are working way harder than they need to be and it's because they want to justify charging because it it is easy for them like it is a gift it is something that they could do in their sleep and they often feel bad that well if it comes so easily for me why should I be charging? Who am I to, you know, actually ask people to pay me for this uh, when I would actually do it for free? And uh, I help them to really move through some of mindset shifts, uh, but also be able to grow a successful business that is, you know, based on their own definition and terms. So whatever their level of success might look like, usually it's a combination of uh, both money and impact. So most of my clients are not you know, money hungry. I want to be a millionaire and, and never help anybody else in the world. They're usually doing it for their families, uh, their communities and the world in general. Like they are, they know that they're meant to play big. Um, they're struggling with that and they are looking for some guidance and help to be able to continue to, to build and grow businesses of, of their dreams. I love that. And you know, that's the thing and you know since working with me on this i've been i've been privileged to have you uh let me into the group a little bit into your world i should say not group but because you mainly cater to women the fact that you've helped me on the side has been great i will say you know this just happened the uh the other day i actually had a new client which uh she had booked my 
30 minute one-on-one -on -one consults, which, you know, I can see why a lot of people could be turned off at the beginning because, you know, for 30 minutes, I charged $90. And that was hard for me to, to really wrap my head around at the beginning because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people will go somewhere for an hour and maybe spend $90. Um, but the fact is, is that when you break it down, and, and you helped me a lot with this, where you break down, what am I doing? How am I doing it? It's not necessarily just the 30 minutes that I'm on the call with somebody. It's the time that I put in before and after the call and during the call. So it's the before, the after, and what you're doing in the middle. And so it really made sense. And the other day I had a new client who literally needed help with her website. It was a very specific trying to get her, um, her security fixed on her website. And she's just starting out and she booked one of the uh, appointments. So we met for a one-on-one. -on -one. I spent really a good uh, half hour, 45 minutes prior to our call doing the research for her and, and getting on chat support with a few different people. And so then when we were on the call, we really, um, we ended a little early and she got exactly what she needed. I, I felt great because I gave her what she needed, but I also still felt kind of bad because I'm like, well, that, that was a lot of money just for that little bit of work. But then you have to remember, you put in so much time before that call and you solved the problem that the client needed, specifically needed. And not to mention, I also gave her a bonus by planting the seed on email marketing, which she had no idea about. And so I was able to help plant that seed and give her tips on what, where to go next with that. So she left happy and it, and I felt good. And it, it was just, it was one of those magical moments where you're like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why I charge what I charge. And people are either going to see the value in that or they're not. And then I just got to keep it moving. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other piece that I think you touched on with that story, Ed, that I love is that it's really about, I mean, she, she got so much more value than what she came to you for, right? Like, I mean, right. I mean, to begin with, when you have a security issue with your website, like that's not a fun thing um, to begin with. And so I'm sure like the, the price of peace of mind, let alone all of the, the tech stuff, because let's face it, I mean, you've been tremendous in helping me with that too. Cause I'm like, Ed, help me with this. what do I do with this? What does this mean? And you've been fantastic to be able to answer those, those questions for me because it literally, it feels like speaking a separate language yeah. and what I see in my head is not always what comes down to real life. So I know having been in a similar place of feeling like I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who can help me. I really don't trust somebody out there that's going to try and sell me on a million different other things. Right. The fact that you were able to help her add that additional value with that email marketing seed, but you know, you, you weren't pushy. You weren't trying to say that in a way to say, Hey, this is something that I can help you with. It was just, look, this is something else that might be able to help you. And when the time is right for her, she, if she's still connected to you in some way, more than likely she's going to come back to you. And that's really what I love about that story is that it really comes down to serving and helping um, and being able to do it in such a way that it feels good for you. But the other piece that I, I always like to highlight when you're trying to price and you feel bad is 
yeah, you did a lot of background uh, digging in information, right? Like you had already um, spent a good half hour, 45 minutes, but let's be honest, the layperson that might have taken them two or three hours. Like if I had to go and research this, it would have taken me hours, like, because I, I wouldn't understand it. So even the amount of time that you've taken just to prepare, it's faster for you because you've already spent years doing this. So right. never discount the experience that you've had in the past that leads you directly to why it's so much faster, quicker, and easier to be able to deliver that level of quality and expertise to the person who needs it most. I love that. That That is exactly key right there. And especially when it comes to pricing and, and you know, for me, I, I, pricing is always a struggle for anybody, especially when starting out. And so to get this clarity and to continue to be able to be confident in saying, I can do this. This is how much it costs. Let's get it done. And you can go home happy with your results. Like that, that's huge. And it's so cool to have not only the knowledge of that now, but also be able to see that in myself, given the steps that we've gone through and worked on to get to that point and know that I may not be for everyone. They, they may be needing something different at the time, but when they're ready, they know where to go and they know who to reach out to. And that's, that's what, that's the key there. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you um, struggling with or maybe some challenges you face in your business right now? Right now, I would say, well, for me, it's, it's been kind of a crazy journey um, because although my expertise is in sales, I had no online marketing experience. So that was like a whole, again, wow. between the tech and online marketing, it's like literally learning a um, whole other language i don't know what else to equate it to yeah. it's, you know basically starting from scratch so that is still for me um i'd say a struggle and the, i mean the tech piece like learning how to do email marketing and a sales funnel that's something that i'm just starting to really hone in on in my business right now but aside from you know the basic building blocks of a business i would say that for me the struggle from having gone from you know a long-standing corporate career where I was a leader, a sales leader, and leading high-performing teams and being surrounded by like literally like hundreds of people between my staff and my clients, that you know being an entrepreneur and all of the perks that it has with the freedom and the flexibility and you know being able to work from anywhere, that's all great, but realistically, it's also very lonely. Like yeah. I. I talk to my clients, I talk to prospective clients, I talk to now my online business friends like yourself, um, that I've been able to grow and cultivate some, some fabulous relationships with. But by and large, I'm home all by myself. Like, my kids are at school, my husband's at work, and it can get lonely. Like, the day can start off on high, and then it can, within a couple hours, it's like, oh my God, this isn't working, and you know, I've been in tears. And that up and down kind of emotional roller coaster, and sometimes feeling like you're the only one going through it for me has been the biggest shift and challenge and something that I, um, I continue to struggle with. Like it's something that it, I haven't mastered it by any stretch. Uh, it's something that comes up every time I do something new, 
which let's face it, as an entrepreneur, um, <laughs> we're doing new stuff like yep. every day, maybe even every hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say for me, um, it's been you know, acknowledging that being an entrepreneur is, it is hard. It is really hard. Like the idea of it is wonderful, but in reality, it is hard. It is tough. It is lonely. It has fabulous rewards. Um, but the journey to get there is not all, you know, roses and sunshine and butterflies and unicorns that everybody uses in their marketing material. And so I'm pretty transparent with my tribe in sharing the ups and downs so that people don't feel alone. Because I know when I started out, not a lot of people were talking about the fact that you're, you're going to have some crummy days. You are going to be crying just as much as you're going to be celebrating. In fact, in the early stages, there was way more crying yeah. <laughs> than celebrating. And, and sometimes you have to celebrate the really, really itty bitty things and be okay with the fact that those are good enough right now because they're going to build and not to put yourself down because you're comparing yourself to somebody else's, you know, middle or end of their journey because you don't know what's going on. You have no idea what people have done in the past, what they've invested in, what they've tried, what they haven't tried. And so, you know, your story, your journey is unique. And, and I know that sometimes that can make it hard because I know for me, sometimes it makes me feel even lonelier knowing that, well, maybe I'm the only one that's doing it this way and feeling this way. Yeah. Things are, I would say universal. We all go through every time I talk to a new uh, friend or entrepreneur offline or online, um, our, our experiences are very similar. But the way that we get there is sometimes different. So for me, that is still something that I am mindful of, that I try and uh, support myself with through mentors, through communities, through friendships like the one that you and I have built. Um, and that has been priceless in this whole this whole journey uh, to get to where I am. Yeah, and, and that that's a really a huge part of it. And you know that's why. I am keeping that in mind for my book, uh, which I'm working on and with the podcast and with the website and the, my blog posts, like I'm trying to keep that involved in every aspect of what I do, giving that real life experience because of the fact that it's what people don't talk enough about. And yes, entrepreneurship is great. and. I am so behind you if you want to start it part-time or full-time, like let's do it. But also know that it's a lot of work. And like you said, oftentimes you're going to be on this emotional roller coaster where you're more down and out than you are celebrating. And you have to make it a point to celebrate every small win because that is sometimes the only thing that's keeping you from completely breaking down and going wherever <laughs> yeah yeah totally I, to I totally agree and i mean for me um i mean part of my story in in my journey to get to entrepreneurship what was dealing with a major health crisis um that that i still you know i still deal with my my health issues it's my main priority but one of the offshoots that kind of came about in dealing with that health is um anxiety and depression and 
I, it's still something that bubbles up. Um, it, it gets worse during times of stress for sure. That's a trigger for me, which let's face it, like yeah. this is the most stressful thing that I could probably put myself through <laughs> aside from parenting, but it's also <laughs> the most rewarding. And, and I, and so it is something that for me with that challenge around the loneliness, um, it, it can trigger the anxiety and the depression. And so it is really important for me to be honest about how I feel and what tools that I need in order to support myself to live my best life first and foremost um, without having to worry and, and have expectations about the, the business side of things because as an entrepreneur, you are your business. And if I don't take care of myself, everything suffers. My, like me, my family, my health, my clients, my community. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's very real and I think you sharing honestly and openly about what it feels like is something that a lot of people don't share enough about. Right, right. And and that's the thing, you know, and you mentioned a few ways of how you help with the loneliness with the support groups and, um, and you have a Facebook group and how are, are you also doing things like, you know, uh, maybe going out for walks or going using essential oils or I mean there's so many different things out there are you doing anything else to kind of help stimulate maybe the workplace the the area the office and things like that yes so I am very again or a struggle because I, lo I love the work that I do but I've built in a schedule where I have a walk every single day, rain or shine, which I live in Vancouver, so there's <laughs> a lot of rain. Um, so I get out into nature. I, I try and get close to the water if I'm feeling particularly low. Um, I love being close to the ocean, which is where I live, where I live. Um, but yes, I use essential oils. I manage my pain holistically. So I do mindfulness, meditation, I journal, I take Epsom salt baths like I I really really do schedule in the self-care and the days where I'm feeling particularly bad I talk to a friend I will reach out I will ask for help I will let people know how I'm feeling um, and my support system is fabulous because they will step in and they will give me the additional boost or a hug you know even if it's a virtual hug um, just so that I can keep going and and you know pick myself up. Um, I am faith based, so I do I pray and spend time listening to what it is that I'm maybe holding on to that's not serving me, that is leading to those feelings as well. Um, but all of that is scheduled in because for me, I'm very routine, and if it's not scheduled in, then yeah. something else is going to take its place. Uh, that is maybe as important but for me i notice when i don't have it scheduled what a drastic impact it has on my mood my patience my relationships with my kids and my husband and so it is critical for me to have that in um and and even just sharing with my community um like telling my facebook group like i'm i'm having a rough week i'm not going to be in here as often so that they know because I am the leader of that group and I do take that responsibility fairly seriously. Like, I know that nobody's like checking up on me and saying, oh my God, like Susan didn't check in today. Um, but I feel like that's that's 
why I, I created this group. I, I want to show up for them. And so I do let them know when things are going on. Um, and I hope that in sharing what I'm going through and what I'm doing to help, that it might help, again, one person who might be feeling exactly the same way and feeling like they're all by themselves. Yeah, no, it's so important. And you, you mentioned a, a couple, a, a lot of great things, but a couple that really stood out that I do as well is you have to schedule in the time for that self-care. You have to schedule in whatever you're doing and stick to the schedule as much as possible. And I mean, I still at times feel this way, but especially at the beginning, I mean, I felt like a crazy person scheduling everything. I mean, I literally looked at my calendar Monday through Friday and booked, I couldn't do every minute or anything like that. I had to do every 30 minutes as blocks. And it was like a break, a lunch, walk the dogs, go to the gym, do uh, client work, do follow up here. I mean, you know, post on social media, look at, um, I've even scheduled my time for when I can scroll through social media. And, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like, a crazy person like how can you schedule every minute of the day practically and it's like it's not so much of it has to happen at that exact moment and i can't miss you know 9 a.m being on email it's it's the fact that you can see your day laid out and that you know what it is you need to accomplish that day and to be able to go through those motions and for me that helps a lot especially because you know, things are going to come up, life's going to happen, and you're not going to be able to get through some of those things. But you have a better chance of doing that if you've put it on your calendar and you pay attention to doing things by the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm less rigid than I was in my corporate career. Um, but I definitely do the same as you, Ed, where it's like time blocks. And I, I put in white space, like where it's basically like, I, I schedule it yeah. <laughs> funny enough right I schedule it but it's like I can do whatever I want so if I'm having uh, a day where I need to spend some extra self-care or I just want to read a book or I just want to is um, one of the things that I decided to cut out in order to create space for you know building my business and the time that it would take was to cut out TV and so if I want to just watch a show on Netflix I can go ahead and do that um, because I've made the choice to do that and it's, it's using up my, my white space, but I can choose from a number of things or I can go for a walk or I can, you know, sit and color in my adult coloring book. Um, so whatever it feels like that I'm, I feel called to, but I do create the white space because I think it's important that you don't feel like you're over scheduled yeah. and it's a way for people to be able to still have that flexibility. But again, because it's scheduled, then you know, okay, I, I have this available to kind of do whatever I want for an hour, an hour and a half. And I don't have to feel guilty that I should be doing something that right. I, you know, and that's where I really encourage my clients as well, that I want you to work less because if you do it with intention and with impact and understanding the strategy of where that's going to lead you to, no, you don't, you don't need to be on social media for four hours, five hours, eight hours of the day. If anything, like it should be under two hours yep. um, and be able to then alleviate that burden and spend time being creative, like go and create something, go and 
connect with people, go and do something that's going to fulfill your spirit and your soul and allow you to just keep having that motivation to keep coming back and doing this again and again, because it's a drag if you don't enjoy it. And the more that you do something because it's been scheduled in and you're like, Ugh, I don't really want to do this. When you kind of see it in black and white on paper, you're like, why am I spending this much time doing this? Yeah, no. And that's, that's huge. And you know, that's why, uh, you know, people should be auditing their time. And I remember doing an exercise like that at the beginning too, is I really had to audit my time to see where I was spending it. Even though I thought I had a pretty good handle on how I schedule out my day and everything, I still had to audit it. And I realized that there, I wasn't as good as I thought I was at my time management. And I would spend extra time scrolling through Facebook because I was helping, I was providing value. I was, I was in these groups engaging and I still do that. And I'm still present, maybe not as present as I was before, but you have to do that, especially more so at the beginning because you want to get established. But what I found was, and this was a real recent, um, I want to say it was probably in April of this year of 2017. But uh, what I found was like this huge eye opener and what moved the needle in my business dramatically was when I randomly Sunday nights, I usually do what's called sort your life out Sunday. I, I got it from some Facebook group um, and I just loved it. Sort your life out Sunday. Who doesn't love that? Right. Yeah. And so what I did was one Sunday night, I decided, okay, this was my hit list uh, that I was going to take care of on Monday. And it was pretty normal. But then I thought, okay, Monday morning came and I said, you know what? I'm going to try something different. I'm going to say no social media until I complete my tasks, which just so happened to be about 10 o'clock that morning. And that's big for me because usually what happens is I will wake up, we'll say, 6 30 maybe 7 on a good day um and i go straight to the bathroom where my phone is and i because i don't like having it in the bedroom and so i'll go there pick up the phone and i start looking at all the notifications that used to be my routine and then i would get ready and you know one thing leads to another and two three hours pass by and i'm drained yet i still have work to do because i haven't done anything and I realized something needs to change. So that morning I decided not to do social media before I had my tasks done. I was so focused for the two to three hours that I had blocked off to do that work. It was almost like getting, um, eating your vegetables before getting dessert, right? At dinner. Yeah. And I, 10 o'clock came around and I completed so much on that task list and I felt so good because I had just completed the two to three hours of solid productive work that I was like, I got to do this again. And so I did it for that whole week as a personal challenge. And it did, it went so well that I turned it into a challenge the following week to my followers. And for the most part, I've been doing it ever since. And, you know, you'll slip up every once in a while or things will come up or whatever, but the point is, is that I'm more mindful of it now and that in the mornings before 10, Monday through Friday, I think twice before checking the social media and wondering, is this something I want to get into? Because, you know, a lot of those notifications are just little hooks to get you on. And then you find out most of them are just somebody liked something that you commented on or somebody liked, you know, a post that you shared 
but that like technically means nothing for you because no one's engaging with you. They just like something, but then you get lost in this scrolling effect, I guess. And hours pass by and then you're stressed out and you're tired by the time it comes to working and it's just one long mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, um, I know I've been, I was following your, your challenge. I haven't, <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't been able to do it for myself personally. Um, but I know that for me, that's kind of going to be the next step. Um, yeah, the next step. I don't look at mm, my notifications because I, I hear you. I know exactly what you're talking about. For me, it's more just checking in to see if my clients have, uh, have sent me anything that I need to review or anything that's kind of pressing um, and then doing my self-care and then going on to my tasks. So I'm slowly moving into that. For me, it's also been um, carving out as well as much no social media time as possible on the weekends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that it really creates that defined boundary of work versus life. Because for me, again, I'm new to social media. Um, for the most part, like I, I've dabbled in, you know, Pinterest and, and Instagram and I go down those rabbit holes from time to time too. But right now, the way that I use social media, it's almost all exclusively for my business. And so it's, if I'm on social media, it is working time, um, quote unquote. And so I have air quotes right now. I don't know yeah. why I mean that when you can't see me. <laughs> so, so for me, it's been, you know, if I, I'm trying to be present with my family, with myself when I'm not working so that I can really maximize that time and that space and that energy. And then when I am available for my clients, then again, it's the same sort of approach that I'm mindful that this is like my working time and the boundaries and the office hours that I've set for them. So I don't feel like I'm constantly on and running and running and then feeling like I'm getting burnt out again. Um, Cause that is definitely not, you know, my vision of freedom and flexibility that I want in my business. Yeah. And, and that's so true. And I don't know if you find this to be true for you as well, but I know that for me, when I have, these solid hours and I mean literally it's so weird and I still like can't believe this but for me really I have found that if you can get in two to five solid hours a day of being focused and productive really you only have to work two to five hours a day five days a week to run a successful business it's not you know this whole well, you have to work eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then put in overtime. And that, that doesn't have to be that way if you are focused and pay attention to what you're doing and allowing yourself that extra time to be present with your business, but also present with your family and present with yourself allows you to be more creative. And like you said, going on walks in the mornings, I try to do the gym at least every day. This week's been every other day, but you know, that's my people time. That's my thinking time because I literally drive to the gym, which as many I get in the car, ideas start coming to mind and answers come, uh, questions get answered. And it's just like, it's so relieving and it's so relaxing in a way too. 
Yeah, total, totally. I, I agree with you because I am anti-hustle. Anti I don't yeah. like the, that word hustle. Um, I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, ah, that word hustle just triggers me like to feeling angry. Like, why do people need to make other people feel bad if they want to live and have a business where you're not you're not on the hamster wheel and that you're not like working the daily grind and and that does not mean that you're not working hard when it's just like what you described like if you have focused intense spurts of two to five hours but you you know exactly what you're doing um it takes clarity it takes a lot of focus and it does take a lot of determination to do this and it also means you cannot do all the things, right? Like hashtag yep. all the things, do not do hashtag all the things. You need to do one thing and you need to master that thing and then move on to the next thing. Because when you do all the things, you do none of the things very well because you don't gain momentum. You don't actually finish anything. And so I know for me when I first started and I was like, oh, I gotta do this. I need to do the Facebook thing. I need live I, oh facebook ads and you get that shiny object syndrome a little bit and you're that fear of missing out as well right where you're like oh but if they're doing this and this could be faster and better then maybe i need to do this thing and i spent so much time learning and learning and consuming and i don't do that anymore i love to learn i'm a lifelong learner but i feel like if you just focus on the three things like any more than three, I feel like people get overwhelmed. So if you focus on three things that will move your business forward right now, and if you need to learn something because you don't know how to do one of those three things that you feel is like the critical piece, then go and learn it right now because you're going to implement it right now, as opposed to learning the thing that's at like step five. Right. Because let's face it, I mean, by the time you get to step five, it might be completely different for you and you're not going to remember any of that stuff. You're going to have to relearn it again. So you just are spending more and more and more time doing things and then feeling bad because you're not seeing the results. So do less to get more and you're going to feel way better because you're not overwhelmed and you're not burned out. And then you're not going to feel resentful about this life that you're actually creating and designing for yourself thinking, Oh God, like I'm actually making less money right. I'm working like a hundred hours a week doing something that I supposedly love, but now I've, I've created some like a monster. Like, I don't love this. I don't love the lifestyle. I don't love anything about it. And that's really where I think your tips of, of doing the two to five hours and allowing yourself to be creative and allowing yourself to actually enjoy what you're doing is is critical and i know that a lot of times the fear of not making enough money is what holds people to feeling like they need to be filling up every minute of every hour of the day working hard as if they were back in the office in their little cubicle yeah wherever they um, escaped from in their nine to five to feeling justified about making it as an entrepreneur. But it's really about going back and saying, like, what do I actually want from this business? And how am I going to get there in a way that honors me and also honors my, you know, my clients, my community, but does it in a way that feels good. And I'm going to bring it right back to where we started, which is pricing. Like if you 
keep undercharging, you're going to just keep spinning and spinning and spinning because that is the pattern that I often see, right? Is people undercharge, undervalue, and then work two, three, four, sometimes 10 times harder than they need to. And then they grow resentful. Really take an honest look at what do you actually want to make? How much do you want to charge people? What do you think it's worth in terms of the value from the other side? And then don't be um, scared to ask for it. You know, no apologies needed for bringing forth your greatness and being able to build a business that is part-time hours, but makes six figures, multi-six figures, or even a million dollars. Like who says that that's not possible? I think it's it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. And I've seen mentors um, who've, who've done it. They've had to work hard to get there, but working hard doesn't mean killing yourself with 100-hour work weeks. Right, and and you bring up a great point because of the fact that not only are you working less, uh, that you could work less, but you bring up that point that you could still make a ton of money and that you're not selling the sleaze part of it where it's like, oh, you can make a ton of money and be an overnight success like just by this program. It's no you're going to be intentional about it. You're going to show your greatness and you're going to be able to do what you love and focus on what you need to be doing in order to get you there. And you, it is a real possibility to be making that money. But the way you said it was perfect because just like I tell people all the time is don't focus on the numbers. Those will come later. And so that part of like being rich, having all the money or whatever, that comes later if you're doing the work and you're providing the value that you're passionate about and the, the services and the offerings that you have that you know are gonna help people. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that you say that because that's been all through my corporate career and I carry that forward now. And I surround, I try to surround myself with mentors and with, um, with other like-minded individuals like yourself, Ed, that, that basically feel the same way, which is, if you're in it for the money, you will you will fail. Uh, you yeah. know, and I'm gonna just put that right out there. Um, and some people may not agree with me. Totally fine. I'm totally okay if you disagree. Go ahead, disagree. But from my experience, focusing on the money, will you make the money? Sure, of course you will. You will you will get to the the success piece, however you want to get there. But will you feel the same level of fulfillment? I'm gonna say probably not. Nope that you will achieve those milestones. You'll, you'll make 100K, you'll make 250K, you'll make 500K, you'll make a million dollars, and you won't feel satisfied. There will be something that's still missing. And for me, the ones that, um, that don't feel that are the ones that are doing what they love. They are, I mean, it still needs to make solid business sense, right? Like you're not gonna sure. do something that you love that nobody's gonna pay you for. But if you checked off all those boxes and you know, hey, this is something that I love, this is something that other people need, and I'm just gonna go out and serve them the best that I can and really genuinely serve. Like, that's why I always say selling is serving, it's helping, it's being of, of a, your highest power and bringing that forward to somebody else. Another uh, mentor of mine says sales is love. And yeah, I agree. But I feel like for me, at the core of it, if you help somebody else and they have a problem that you can solve, this the sale is the bridge, right? Like they're yeah. gonna pay you for that service or that product or whatever it looks like. So if you focus on the money 
to the extent that it takes out your ability to serve. It takes out your ability to actually see people for who they are and to be able to actually give them what they are looking for. That's when you start to, to jump into sleazy territory where it's like, oh yeah, I, I can help you and I can help like everybody under the sun. No, you can't. Like you might think you can, but your gifts are really meant for a certain type of people or audience or industry. And when you do that because you're scared, you really do everybody a disservice because the people who aren't meant to get your service, they're not gonna get the results. They're not gonna be happy. You're not gonna be happy. And then you're gonna feel weird and bad about, ooh, what did I just do? How did I do that? Like, what should I fix? And you, you might not even realize that this is what you're doing. But if you focus on who lights you up? Who are you excited to meet every day and help? And if you don't know, go out and find them. Like just practice, go and talk to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people um, because that's gonna be the best way to help get you clearer and clearer because you'll find people that you don't wanna serve. And it's okay because there's somebody else out there who's meant to serve them instead of you. And as long as you're passionate about that, it will carry forward. It will attract the right people to you. And literally they will be saying, okay, so like, how do I work with you? How, how can you help me? What do you offer? How could basically, how can I pay you? And if you're prepared for that, you don't even really have to worry about selling. It's going to be just sharing your knowledge, your goodness, and being able to do that from a place of just genuine connection and wanting to serve and wanting to help. That is so true. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is exactly what it's about. And you know, I'll be honest, you probably saw this uh, and you know, cause we talked about it, but you probably saw this in my work too, is when I first started out, I mean, yes, I can do so many things and I do have many talents, which I'm thankful for that. And when I started out, and Trots to Creative, I was like, this is my power, creative powerhouse, which it is. And, and I have all these visions of these different businesses that are going to be built underneath that, which is great. That's my, my BSQ method, right? The think big, act small, move quickly part. And so I have the think big part. But the challenge at the start was trying to figure out how to actually explain that to people of what I do. And it was like, unless I talk to the person in person, they didn't know what I did. Like they knew what I might be able to do. And they know that, you know, I, I'm good at a lot of things, but they couldn't say what I did. And so that was a big wake up call to me and trying to figure out like, okay, well, how can I make this more streamlined? And so that's why I always tell people your website is a work in progress and it's never perfect because it's just like your business. You're constantly growing and, you're constantly changing things and when i say change they're, they're small pivots they're they're um little things that are going to take you in the right direction if you pay attention to them and allowing yourself to have that time to have the personal development have the 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 business uh admin type stuff allows you to clearly see those little points that come up those little bumps that come up where you're like maybe this is a turning point maybe i need to get more specific here and in that process i mean it's taken me a good i'd say year and a half to really be comfortable enough to be like 
this is what I offer. This is where I'm at. This is, you know, yes, entrepreneurship was like the, the missing link that I needed in order to help entrepreneurs and help business owners build better businesses because I am so passionate about customer service and providing a, a good experience and building a business that you can be happy with and proud of and not screwing it over later by, you know, missing a step here or there. I mean, there's always going to be something that you, you might overlook or that you, you know, might consider a mistake or a failure, but really it's an opportunity and you just need somebody to help you realize that and help you move in the right direction. Hence why we have business coaches, we have business mentors, we have friends, we have family, we have people that I consider part of your team that really allows you to do what you need to do and bring you back to your, your focal point, your focus, you know, because I can go real big. A lot of entrepreneurs can, because we get so many ideas and so many shiny objects. So we need those people to be able to say, Susan, Ed, bring it back. Like, that's great, but do this or finish this. And, and that's the important part of surrounding ourselves with like-minded people like you had mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said there, Ed, about two things, like having the team and really thinking about who you need on the team and what kind of support and help that they're giving to you. Because I, I really believe that, yeah, when you, when you are too broad, when you try to do all these things, you are draining yourself of the energy that yeah. you have to just focus on the thing that lights you up. Because I know for myself, I know that for my clients, when you're in your zone of genius, like when you're doing that thing, the thing that only you can do, that you actually love to do, that instead of it being draining, it actually like, like it invigorates you, right? Like yeah. it, you could just keep going and going and going and going. And sometimes when we're in that zone, uh, we don't even realize it, but you know, like for me, as soon as I start having to figure out some kind of tech thing, <laughs> I'm like, can you hear? I'm like, but yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it not only takes more time, it takes more energy. So I already realized I'm like, okay, I need help with this. I've surrounded myself with people who are much smarter than me on the tech side. Could I figure it out? Sure. I could. Do I want to? No, no, I don't. Right. Um, and I think that's really important for people because we often hang on to things because we're maybe scared or ashamed of asking for help and saying, yeah. And as an entrepreneur, I should be able to do all of these things. Well, yeah, but it's not going to do you any good. And there's certain things that you can outsource and delegate pretty easily, but also pretty economically, like based on where you are at in your business, are you going to outsource all of the things? No, I don't recommend that. But if this is the thing that's going to drain you every time you look at it, it might be worthwhile for you to outsource that one thing and then try and see creatively, like who else? Can help you with some of these skills as you continue to grow your business and get to the level where you have a more structured team and you can pay other people to do these services for you and the other piece that i loved what you said was you know looking at mistakes and failures as opportunities and because i've i have been in the online space oh gosh probably now i think maybe eight months now um but in that time frame, I mean, things move so fast, right? Because it really is based on you as the driving force of your business and how quickly or how slowly you evolve and how much you want to 
to push or not push. And there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. It just is what it is based on what you want to develop for yourself. And for me, what I have experienced has been already a couple of major shifts with getting clear and clear on who I am best meant to help, like where I can focus my time and attention. And when I first started, I did spend a lot of time with individuals on helping them more on the clarity piece, more on their messaging, more on actual marketing, which funny enough is not my, <laughs> it's not really where I um, thought I was gonna spend the time. I've, I've spent a ton of my life writing. Um, I've written personally since I was seven and wow. I, I took it in college. And so it's, it's come out very handy for me. And so that's a skill set that I definitely use in conjunction with the sales. But for me, it's like marketing is just a lead to the sale. It's yeah. to help people to see who you are. And like you had said at the beginning with, you know, being too broad and having it hard to explain what I did for me, that's, that's the power of marketing is having it so clear that other people can do that for you and be able right. to, say, Oh, you know, when I see Susan, I know she's all about sales. It doesn't matter if I'm talking about pricing or mindset or call or whatever it looks like, they know instantly that that's what I stand for. And that has evolved, even though my message has been very specific, the people that I serve within that context, it has shifted. And if I hadn't gone out and tried and seen, okay, it's, you know, it's working, but that's not really what I want to be spending as much time and effort on or where I feel as most lit up and passionate about, then I wouldn't know that I want to continue to move forward and continue to like narrow my focus and get clearer and clearer on where my female entrepreneur is in her stage of her journey. So I can continue to serve her in the best way that I can. And also in a way that helps me to feel really you know, passionate and excited about being able to deliver that service for her. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, because let's face it, we all can continue to narrow down our focus and get very, very specific. And even when we think we're specific enough, we can still keep going. And I think the hard part, I know it was for me, and I still have opportunities in this area, like I mentioned, but the hard part is, is that especially starting out, you, you want business, obviously, you want to make some money and you also want to help so many people with whatever it is that you have to offer and that they want to take. But then you realize, like you had mentioned earlier, you're really helping nobody and you're burnt out and stressed out. And then you really have this hard time coming to terms with getting narrow because you, you're like, well, wait, if I narrow this and get too specific, you know, like for example, your target is women. And so it's like, well, wait, but why can't you help out the male population too? And it's like, well, you could, but because you're so specific, now it makes you one more desirable, right? Because it's like, well, wait, how come I can't be in that club? <laughs> you know, like that's, that's the bonus part that we have to start shifting our mind because I don't think that's the first thing that people think of uh, is that exclusivity, no matter who you are, it, it's our natural reaction when we're like, well, wait, how can I get in? Like, put me on the list. Like, I want, I want in. And 
we just automatically think, well, if we're too specific, then we're going to get nobody. So I want to reach out to everybody. And it's the complete opposite once you get into the, the work. Absolutely. I agree. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that, Ed, because my Google Analytics on a couple of my uh, like opt-in pages, um, and I had... I haven't launched my website, but when I had kind of just opened it, published, and I guess people were looking for me, um, 60% of my uh, visitors are male. All of my branding is female, right? Like it's all of my messaging. I use like hot pink is my one of my favorite colors, <laughs> color of my brand. So it just goes to show, and I think um, Shailene Johnson had once shared a story that when she went to go sell one of her products on QVC, they had said, hey, like, here's our avatar. This, you know, she's from the Midwest. That gal, like, that's how we, we reference her. And she's in this age range. And, and that's who you're talking to. So when you're talking to the camera, you're, you're talking to this gal. And the first, like, three callers that bought the, pro the product that she was selling, they were all men. <laughs> Shaylee, we love you. And so it just goes to show that the more specific that you are, the more that people actually hear you, that you don't get kind of washed out in this white space of noise that is social media and in lost in a newsfeed of just a million other voices. So the more specific, the more exclusive, like you said, I love that word that you used, um, the better off you are because you're going to stand out faster and from there like do i not help men generally no i mean but i i've helped you if there was another friend of mine who was male who wanted some some help would i say well yeah no i can't help you no if they fit all of the other criteria um, and i felt really good about supporting them absolutely i would help them but none of my messaging my branding is specific to that audience because i would lose all of my my females who I really are, are I'm passionate about, like those are the ones that I really, really feel um, called to s support and service. Um, but that does not mean that I can't help other people. It just means that that's not who I'm speaking to. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's the, the key there. And I love that you said the more specific you are, the more people hear you because it's so true and we and we don't think of it that way and that's that's the stupid easy format right it, mm -hmm. be specific and people will hear you and so i love that um let me ask you what's one piece of advice that you would give uh somebody who's just starting out or who is thinking about becoming an entrepreneur that's hard i mean you could do more if you want but uh, up to three I, my thing is i have a power of three rule too where i'm like focus on the top three things and you'll make it happen, you know? So I'll yeah. give you up to three if you want. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm with you on the three. I've, I've had that the whole way through my entire, like kind of adult career and, and life. Um, so number one is start before you're ready because I know at least for my audience and, and speaking to now, like I feel like hundreds of, of entrepreneurs from all backgrounds, shapes and sizes that everybody seems to be waiting for like, I'm waiting to launch this for the perfect moment. And it's like, you know what? There's never going to be a perfect moment because life is changing constantly. Yeah. And what you thought was going to be the perfect moment might never happen. Like it might not happen how you're imagining it. So if it's good enough, do it. Like do it to the, you know, so don't hold yourself back 
for perfectionism or for um, you know, for somebody else's expectations or waiting on feeling good enough, just do it. Just do it before you're ready because I believe that you have the skills to pick yourself back up and fix whatever didn't quite go exactly as you planned. Like we are all smarter, we are all uh, more resilient and we are all more resourceful than what we give ourselves credit for and you won't know until you actually try. So try, even yeah. if that means you do something small today, um, based on hearing this particular podcast interview, I'm gonna challenge your audience to just go and do that one thing. One thing that you're like, oh, I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? Just do it, please. You're probably gonna surprise yourself. There's probably gonna be something that you're like, wow, I didn't expect it to go that well. Fabulous. Just. Oh yeah. And number two is, and I know that, you know, this is kind of cliched out there, but I honestly, it takes money to make money. And it doesn't mean that you need to invest buckets before you actually have it. Cause I, I believe in being financially responsible and my background is finance and banking. So I don't think being uh, put into financial stress is going to do you any good when you go to jump into entrepreneurship, but this to me means that it is completely okay to hold on to a nine to five job um, in order to fund your business. Yes. You need to start as a side hustle. If you feel like, hey, this is just a, um, a hobby right now because I actually don't know what I'm doing, save money. You know, start banking some of that that you're doing in your nine to five. And it doesn't take very much, but it will build up over time. And invest where you feel like it's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck as you're able to do it. Because I honestly believe that you can only, what is that saying? Like bootstrap, like yeah. bootstrap your business for so long. There's certain things where you're gonna need to get help. You're gonna need to pay for it because you, you get what you pay for. And I, what I want you to think about is, how long is it going to take you to do it on your own? And what right. kind of problems and what kind of things are you not even going to know about because you just don't have the expertise and the skills. So, so invest where it makes sense, but don't let go because you're ashamed of being, you know, not a real entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur as soon as you decide that this is what you want to do. And it doesn't matter the level or the results. Like those perceptions are you allowing other people to judge you and for you to actually feel something from that judgment. So who cares? Like if this is what's for you, if you firmly believe that this is your purpose, your passion, and the thing that is going to get you up every day excited, then, then you are doing yourself and others a disservice by not pursuing it and do whatever you can to allow yourself the space, the ease, the comfort, you know, the safety and security net of knowing that you can do it and hold on to it as long as, as you feel comfortable and confident um, because starting a business, it does take time. It does take money. I don't care what anybody says out there that, oh, I built my business on like $200. Fabulous but you probably had other things going on in order to help you to get there, Yeah. right? So if you can take courses through your, your corporate, if they're gonna 
send you on training. Like think about how all of those things might be able to be useful in your business because I'm gonna tell you, after 20 years in corporate, all of that learning I use now in my business and I'm so grateful and thankful that yes, I invested in my own education along the way too, but that was, they literally poured tens, like tens and tens of thousands of dollars of training, leadership training, sales training um, into me that I now use every single day. And I am able to take advantage of that. And that could be the same for you. So look for other ways to be able to leverage what you need in your business and be able to use the support that's around you, whether that's your nine to five, whether that's your friends and family, whether that's your uh, community group or your network, barter for the services, like whatever is going to work out best for you to get you continually moving forward and never feel guilty or less than because you're doing what you need to do in order to build a successful business. I love it. I used to support a lot of small business owners um, in, in the past. Um, and there's a reason why I think it, it, the stats are really high. Like at least 50% of small business owners don't make it past the first three years. Right. It's because they ran out of money. Yep. And so if you, if you do not have resources like monetary and otherwise to be able to carry you through the first three years when they are the toughest, like you need to invest in yourself, your learning, your infrastructure, your systems, your support, your team, all of those things that are critical. And yes, building an online business, you don't have to deal with as much overhead, but there's other things that they go bump in the night, right? Like that you, you just don't know what you don't know yet. So, if you are in those early stages and you're like, wow, I, I really would like to pursue a business, start saving, start thinking about how can I, um, you know, how can I give myself the best possible start and set myself up for success instead of setting myself up for failure. And for me, financial foundations are super critical. And so you either need to have access to savings, access to credit or be okay with knowing that yes the opportunity to make money is there but it might not go exactly how you plan and to have the ability to be able to pay for you know maybe it's a new computer because you just spilled coffee all over your laptop right. and it's dead <laughs> no coming back from that thing um, those little things where you're like oh my gosh you know there's there's a few thousand dollars right there how would you be able to deal with that if, if this was your business right now? So start saving, manage your credit properly, look at the ways that you're gonna be able to have other people, whether it's an angel investor, family loans, like whatever it looks like, think it through and really be able to see, could I survive three years if I was not making the kind of income that I want? And where am I going to be able to continue to support myself, my family, my life? And if that means that you, again, you hold on to that nine to five, perfect. That is gonna give you a bit of a buffer, uh, but you are gonna wanna really think about what it, it's gonna take in order for you to get that business off the ground and what is the cost associated with all of those pieces that you actually wanna put in place. Exactly, and that's part of planning that exit strategy that I teach people is 
you have got to plan your exit strategy, whether it's six months, a couple years, it doesn't matter, but you need to start planning your exit strategy and let your day job fund your dream job. And to be able to have that financial stability allows you then to not be in that word we don't like, hustle mode, right? Because if you're if you get out on your own and you start your business and you're not financially set or have reduced your debt and had some savings, then you're gonna constantly be in that hustle mode where you are breaking your back trying to get as many clients as possible. You're not serving them 100%. You're still getting paid, but you're not servicing them 100%. And then at the end of the day, you're not even being able to focus on what you are trying to build because you're so busy with the client work just to maintain. And then it's like, well, why, why did you leave your job? At least at your job, you could have clocked in and clocked out at a certain time and been done with it. Now you're working twice as hard and not even doing something you love. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, it's, uh, it's funny that you say that because I've had people who take the leap, like they leave prematurely because they haven't, they haven't really planned it all the way through. Or I think sometimes you just feel like, well, if I'm passionate about it, it's going to be super easy. Right. And yes, the work itself, like the work that you're going to do with clients, it is going to be super easy, but think about all of the things that as a CEO of, of your company that you're going to need to do all the different hats that you're going to have to wear, you know, tech support, marketing, sales, um, analytics, process, structures, systems, back office, admin, like customer service, like all of these things that you're probably thinking, oh my God, what? Who, who does that? Well, you do it. You do it until you get to the point where you can start to add other people in. But what that means is if you don't have a plan and you aren't able to give yourself the support and the skills and the tools necessary to be successful. Um, when you take that leap of faith and you, you haven't planned it all the way through, and I'm not saying that you have to have every box ticked off, but if you don't have that level of confidence and you don't have the financial resources or the support, um, I've had colleagues of mine go back to a part-time job in order to help alleviate some of that money stress so they have some stability or others where they're looking at consulting for companies, small companies, larger companies, and, and then feeling bad because that's what they have to do. But you know what? You can do whatever you want. And so don't feel like there's one cookie cutter approach, um, but it really is important that you do think about all of these different pieces and what's gonna feel really good for you. Like if you, need to have stability of income then you're going to probably want to hold on to that nine to five as long as you possibly can or you're going to want to have some really big consulting contracts lined up or already on the go um, as part of your business model and that's totally fine i mean i have a friend who and and in my business model that is something that i'm considering is adding on a complete just consultation form where that is for more established business owners who have a team um, that they're not online solopreneurs um, and that they have employees and because it will allow me to have more stability of income a another source of income stream which I always recommend you want to diversify as much as possible but in the beginning you're going to focus on one because you need to master it 
but those are the things that you want to really think through as uh, an early entrepreneur. And certainly as you grow, it's there's no shame in going back and saying, you know what, I need to have this in place so that I can continue to grow my business and get it to the next level while maybe you're taking some additional time to do some intensive learning. Because when you're learning, you're not going to be able to produce and get clients and service them at the same rate as if you are already the expert in what you need to know and just fulfilling. I couldn't agree more. It's so true. You have to get your ducks in a row and you have to really think about how much you're going to need to get out there and to link, think about your expenses really map out what you have on the uh, on a spreadsheet you know write it down on pen and paper whatever and then on top of that you want to make sure that whatever you're building especially this comes i'm going to do the tech side real quick here but uh, when you're building like an app for instance you have got to think before you even go out and start spending that money not only do you need to know what you have in the bank and what you owe in debt or whatever but you need to figure out how are you going to make money before you start spending that money? Because especially in the tech world, it is so easy to just drop that cash wherever you're getting it from and really put it down on say an app that apps are not cheap. They cost thousands of dollars. And if you want a good one, you're looking at at least 20 to 50 grand. And you need to be able to figure out how are you going to make money back? And you can't just say, well, it's a free app with advertising. What does that look like? Because I will tell you that free app with advertising, chances are those ads aren't gonna be paying enough to get you by. So what is your, what is your plan B? What is your strategy here before you even go and take out a loan or you know, put money out of your uh, 401k or whatever it may be, like be smart about it. And, and I just want people to know that when they're thinking about building whatever it is they want to build, they have got to keep both sides of the financial in, in, in their vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. Well, and I find that sometimes the other thing that people often come to me with, and funny enough, a lot of my clients have asked, you know, can you, can you just do my sales calls? Like, is this something that I could just outsource? And it's like, no, I mean, there's lots of things that you can outsource and pay for, and you want to be judicious about it and really understand the financial impact. But sales and usually marketing are the two things that you're going to outsource last. So those are the things that you're going to have to master and, and you're going to have to learn. Um, and those are the areas where if you're going to make an investment, it's probably going to be in sales and marketing in terms of learning because to outsource your marketing or to outsource your sales, you are going to pay again, just like you mentioned with the tech, you're going to pay big bucks. And if you're not making that kind of money yet, it does not make sense for you to, to do that and to, to send that money out before you even have it in. Thanks for tuning in to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. To find out more about each episode, including links to the guests that I bring on to the show, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe 
in iTunes and go ahead and leave us a review.